Hey everybody, on this um, week's of Guys Talking Sports, we're talking about Nick Saban, who was tested positive for COVID for a second time. We're talking about the NBA free agency and the NFL on Thursday. Do you want to bother looking at it or not? That and a little bit more on this week of Guys Talking Sports. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports, um, where we are back in the mix always on a Wednesday night. Um, we want to tell everybody, um, you know, happy Thanksgiving, even though this year is going to be far, far different than the past. And, you know, God willing, this will be the only year like that. <laughs> um, but as always, we bring here the chit chat, you know, BS, you know, talk shit about sports to kind of uh, bring a little like it's joy and a um, distraction from all that's going around. So uh, without further ado, let's get right into it. Um, I got Al on the line and Ace would be joining on shortly. So Al, how are you feeling and how are you doing? Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Just want to get that straight and foremost to the point. Make sure you stay safe. Um, ready to get started. I know I'm going to stay safe. I'm going to stay home. Um, got ready, getting ready for all the fixings, all the eats, all the games, all the sports, anything sports related tomorrow. I'm going to be watching on my couch in my own personal room, watching it. So I'm ready to get started to talk about everything that's going on in the world of sports right now. Ah, uh, yes. Well, let's get right down to it. So we're going to, we're going to indulge right into couch football. Uh, with the big fish, Nick Saban has um, tested positive for um, COVID-19. Um, now, before his um, he tested positive earlier in the season, it wound up to be a false negative. Um, I mean, a false positive, excuse me. He um, had three negative cons consistent tests after the fact, and he was allowed to coach. But this go-around, he tests positive again, and this time he's showing mild symptoms. Even though he said that he's feeling fine, this time he's showing some symptoms. So um, obviously he will not be on the sideline to coach this upcoming um, game. Um, but they said the earliest return he could be back will probably be somewhere December the 5th because he's going to have to put himself on a, um, I think, a 14-day quarantine. But um, this Saturday's game against Auburn, Nick Saban will not be on the sideline. So, um, Al, uh, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, it, I'm not going to say that it's surprising at this point, um, being that it is in Alabama. Um, unfortunately, because I'm not saying it's unfortunate either way, because at the end of the day, we know that there's going to be some risk involved. We know that if you continue to play football at the end of the and knowing where this, this pandemic is, um, there's a good chance that someone is going to get it. Um, unfortunately, Nick Saban, um, he kind of, got past it or the first try, but not the second try. Uh, so right now he has to stay quarantined. He has to do what he has to do now and quarantine himself. I don't think it's going to change anything. I don't think it's going to affect the game per se. I think that whatever happens at this game, Nick Saban not being there is not going to really matter at this stage. I think it's more so the fact that what are they going to do going forward? That's what I'm curious about. Um, or if they're going to make any changes, which I highly doubt um, because it's down in Alabama. But I think this is going to continue to pro progress forward. And just like anything, it's just going to be another game at the end of the day. 
And a late to the party, Big Ace, Big Cat, welcome. What up, Smooth? What about? What's going on, man? Dude, I'm sorry. You know, uh, prepping for festivities tomorrow. Don't ain't got nobody coming, but you know, still, you know, brother like to eat. So <laughs> you, you take the opportunity to make some things that you normally just wouldn't make. So I was prepping and doing everything for most of the day. So it was it was a long day. But uh when the message came out, I was like, shit, I was just about to sit down and have a bite. So I, you know, I need to make sure I get some nutrients up in up in this body and uh so I can make it down here and get to talking. But I digress. <laughs> saving or no saving Alabama's gonna roll. Just because of next man up and that's this who the culture of Alabama football. Um, not saying or, this, or, or, or in this case, next coach up. <laughs> oh, yes, true. And, and not saying that Alabama can't lose because we've seen over the past couple of years that they can lose a big game. Um, but just as it stands right now, they're just cream of the crop above everybody else just from a talent wise. And considering they've been down this road before, even though Saban was able to coach the last time, it was still that couple of days where he couldn't go down that road with coaching. So, and, and during that time, Alabama wasn't as good as they are now. So I don't see Alabama really missing too much of a beat. I don't really see too much of a situation where Saban is still not going to be connected to the, to the team somehow because of technology. He may not be able to be physically in the booth, but I can guarantee you he's going to be in the coach's ear seeing what's going on and doing whatever. So new, maybe, you know, a, a different ear on game day is, or I'm sorry, a different voice, meaning Sarkeesian on game day, but same results versus Auburn. I don't, I don't anticipate anything different. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, they're playing, you know, Auburn. Um, I, I think it's not to say that it can't happen, but I, I don't think the likely outcome would be, Alabama losing to Auburn even without Nick Saban on the on the on the sideline. So it's going to be his same gameplay that's going in. Um, I'm pretty sure he's in regular contact with the coaches and all the you know position coaches. You know throughout the week, he just can't participate. You know during game day. I mean, but he said he'll be watching at home. So I'm sure if he gets pissed, he'll be cussing at the uh, <laughs> cussing at the TV. And oh, trust me. If he's watching the game, and if you're seeing some people be real accidental because he's on the sidelines, when he gets back, those people are going to be in a world of pain. So I'm sure you. this is the last thing you want to do is think you can just, you know, cut loose and act like, you know, the man ain't there. He'll be watching the game. <laughs> so. Well, he, I, I think he'd be doing more than just watching. I think he, they're just saying that he can't be a part of the game activities, but that doesn't mean that they can't find a way to make his voice viable during game day. So it wouldn't there's a will, there's a way. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. Exactly. That's true. And to be honest, it all depends on, like you said, it. it's the head coach. I mean, the coach is there, the substitute coaches, they'll let them know what's going on. They'll let them know what's what. Um, I think they'll give them a sense of idea of what happened in the games where there's things that need to be worked on, things that need to be adjusted. But like you said, this is the opportunity for the assistant coaches to showcase what they can do. Um, so if I'm the assistant coach or the next man up um, for uh, um, that Nick Saban is down, down, um, I'm going to make sure that whatever, I mean, however we play, we play, we execute with perfection to the point where, you know, 
they have the confidence installed to me that, you know, if Nick Saban is not there, that I would be the person that could actually handle the team to another victory and a decisive victory as well. And it wouldn't shock me in the least if he's not there visibly speaking during the game, has some sort of video feed during halftime where he can sit there and critique the team. And he can say what he needs to say so that he has his presence felt. It might have to be something, Vita, because he can't have anything, period, to do with the coaching on the game on game day. Yeah. No video, no – it's like you're basically at home watching the game. He, they can't have any contact or anything to do with the game. Like, he can't be in the ears or anything like that. But you're right. But there's a will there. I wouldn't be surprised if he finds a, te- you know, coaching assistant to have, like, a little text message and be someone on the sideline just be like, yo, do 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 Yo, mm-hmm. tell Sar- Sarkeesian. <laughs> exactly. But I will and say no this. Way, and there's no way for them to know that shit either. So, you know, it's all good. That is true. You could decode that. I mean, you could um, code encrypt that message some way, shape, or form. Like, hey, this is the lingo that this is what we're going to be using, you know, just so that you understand exactly what's going on. Um, but Alabama needs to win this regardless because – I have if, if by any chance that Alabama loses this game, then all the media is going to be like, "Well, Nick Saban wasn't there." Uh, it's and to go on that. Um, say with the next next topic, in my opinion, um, the college football um, playoff rankings came out, <laughs> or at least the first rankings. And obviously, there's no surprise. The usual <laughs> suspects are in the mix. Alabama number one. Notre Dame number two, Clemson number three, and Ohio State number four. So um, even with an Auburn loss, unless Auburn completely blows Alabama out the window, a loss to them I don't think is going to drop them out that, that t- um, out the top four. However, minus Alabama, do you think anybody positioned in that top four will is in jeopardy going these next couple of weeks? So Alabama, Alabama number one, Notre Dame number two, Clemson number three, and Ohio State number four. Only teams, like I said, there see that has some sort of a, any sort of consequences. Just a rematch between Notre Dame and Clemson, and that'll probably happen in the ACC championship. And you know, and then of course, if it's a scenario where Notre Dame beats them with Sunshine at quarterback, then they'll probably. You know, Dabo will probably sit there and say, well, it's because of that game of Florida State and we couldn't play and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we couldn't get no tough competition and probably make up some excuses the reason why they lost uh, for a second time. But, <clears throat> yeah, that's – I don't see Ohio State slipping. I, personally, I don't see Northwestern going out there and really giving a direct blow to Ohio State like that, but – it's 2020. You know, I can't say anything can happen, but um, unfortunately, Wisconsin, when they took the L to uh, to um, to Northwestern over this past weekend, they were probably the best team with the opportunity to take out Ohio State. But as it stands right now, this is Ohio State's cakewalk into the chair, into the Final Four. It's up to the ACC to really sit there and screw themselves over. And if they do, then it's just another SEC team that'll take one of their spots, please. So 
and again, hence the whole issue that we have in regards to this. With the new rankings out, all right, you can make a case for Alabama. You can make a case for Notre Dame. You can even make a case for Clemson. Ohio State only won four games. Like, this is what kills me in regards to the playoff standings. And I know that, you know, I, I know we, we, we get on our soapbox all the time about, you know, the same teams always making it in the top four selections. But, like, the fact that Ohio State only played four games and you have other undefeated teams out there, since I'm not and I'm not comparing them, but I'm saying Cincinnati's eight and zero, Northwestern's five and zero, um, BYU is nine and zero. Like you have all these undefeated teams that won more games, but yet Ohio State is sitting comfortably at the number four slot with only four wins. Like that is what, like even with the NB, the and with the the rankings ranked out right now. Now let's say for example that Ohio State. Goes, runs the table, and stays, remains undefeated. Then you could have the legitimate shot of keeping them in the top four slots. But to have them in the top four slots with only half the games played where there's so many other undefeated teams there is what the problem is with the actual college football playoff rankings at this stage. Because they haven't even solidified their half of their games, but you already penciled them in as a number four slot. That is the issue that I have. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, and I agree with you, and I agree wholeheartedly with you. And sadly, breaking news, I love Bleacher Report, by the way. <laughs> Ohio State has COVID outbreak at multiple positions with their football team. So they'll mess around and probably won't play this weekend. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing would be, will they pull – a Clemson, Florida State type of deal where there is, we're just not going to play it because we don't want to risk a Florida State upsetting Clemson. And then same scenario with Ohio State. Not sure who they're playing this weekend, but do they want to run the risk of saying, well, you know, we'll play this at the December 12th weekend and see how things kind of progress? Or do we just not want to play the game and keep our undefeated status intact? So when the, you know, the playoff committee sits there and looks at the, um, you know, whatever teams, would they still look at us as, uh, as an undefeated team? Yeah, and, and that's going to be the trick. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you, Al. You know, Ohio State, you know, in there at 4-0 because it's the Big Ten. In my opinion, the Big Ten, I think, if you want to go on strength of schedule and teams that you play, the Big Ten, this is not the Big Ten's, strongest year in my opinion i think northwestern is is terribly over overrated you saw what happened to indiana everybody was on their bandwagon until they played ohio state and they got you know you saw what happened with that one um michigan is is bad michigan state is bad um nebraska is not there that good wisconsin is, is bad <laughs> huh michigan yes is I, yeah, I said michigan that's first team i said michigan is bad okay michigan state is not doing that good michigan state is horrible Penn State is horrible. I mean, you can go down the list. The Big Ten collectively as a whole is not as strong as it has been in the past couple of years. So you can even make a case that the Big 12 has better teams um, rolling right now um, than the Big Ten. So why should a 4-0 Ohio State be ranked above, you know, who's from the Big 12? Um, Forget the Big 12 because we have no undefeated teams. 
but they're ranked higher than a Cincinnati or a BYU. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So it's the it's the conference, and it's, it's that conference um, bias. Yep. That conference bias because you always it's like you you got to have an SEC team there, you got to have a, a Big Ten team in there. Um, up until very recently, you almost had to have an ACC team, an ACC team in there, and that just happened to be Clemson. Um, and they've been basically screw it with the Pac-12, and kind of want to say screw it with the with the Big 12, but you know, it, somebody's not going to be in that top four when it's all said and done. I mean, obviously Clemson and Notre Dame is going to play eventually again if they make it to the championship game. I don't think Notre Dame is going to beat um, Clemson with Trevor Lawrence playing. I think they barely squeaked by without him. <laughs> and if you got him in there, he doesn't make those same mistakes that the um, the, the QB from um, Clemson did. If that was Trevor Lawrence, I think they would have won easily by, by 14 points. But Notre Dame barely beat him in, what, double overtime? Yes. So... To my thing, Notre Dame, they always they always want to push Notre Dame out there and always say Notre Dame is is very overrated. I don't think they're as good as their their record claims they are. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, Romney's, Romney's. no, no, I completely agree. And the problem is, is that again, we're living in a narrative that for whatever reason that people believe that everybody's okay with having Notre Dame out there as much as possible because of right now where they stand. And, you know, granted, they're undefeated, so they're doing what they're supposed to do. But the question is, again, what generates the, I mean, it, I guess it boils down to the revenue being generated. Um, it's possible that they need to keep Notre Dame relevant for that particular reason, because it helps generate money. Um, it could be an issue, but I, 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 like I said, I, I, I like it's still, Unfortunately, we still live in a world where that the same amount, the same conferences get the same recognition and no one else can get that same recognition or at least an equal amount of recognition that is deserved, which is unfortunate. And I really want like other conferences to pull together and say, look, you know, we want that same amount or we need to do what we need to do to get, there should be a reason, uh, some, some type of playing field, level playing field where all the conferences have equal amount to get to make it to the college playoff series. That's how I see it. Well, the pundits have been talking about this pretty much since, I don't know, since uh, I guess when conferences decided that they're going to sit there and play games. That if there was ever a season where, you know what, you wanted to sit there and say, let's go beyond four, this would have been the year to sit there and say, Let's have eight teams instead of 12 teams, let's have 16 teams, and let's just run for the gambit and let's see who the championship is. Just because the the precedence that's being taken and the circumstance that is that is COVID-19, you know. Because of canceled games and this, you know, this heads, whatever, this would have been the perfect time to sit there and have eight teams. You wouldn't worry about Cincinnati and BYU being a team that possibly couldn't make it because they'll probably be in it considering that BYU pretty much fulfilled their damn schedule. I think they have one more game. If they win their one, one last game, they're 10-0. And then I heard, because the Cincinnati canceled this week versus Temple, it's going to hinder Cincinnati 
for from uh, scheduling BYU, I think sometime in December to sit there and say who's the ultimate best between the you know the group of five teams to kind of catapult themselves into the to the conversation of possibly being one of the top four teams. So they're getting screwed just because you know strength of schedule, but. This was a time of year where you can sit there and say, just throw all this crap out the window. We know Alabama's Alabama. We know Clemson's Clemson, but everybody else is this fair game. And mess around, Clemson or Alabama sitting there and underestimating a Cincinnati or a BYU or any other team that they don't think is worthy enough to sit there and play them could get knocked out. If there was ever a time, this was the time to experiment with 12 or 16 teams and this is have a free for all, and then go back to the status quo come in twenty twenty one. But I don't think that would have worked because of the simple fact is if it if they had done that, and if it was successful enough, then it would have been more arguments of why we need why go back to where it used to be when this seems to work. Then we should just continue where we left off here and just continue with the, the eight or twelve teams in in the playoff series. So if you're going to do it, it has to be to the point where it can't be a trial period because then there's going to be arguments that this procedure works instead of the old procedure. And then like the usual suspects like the SEC would complain like, well, the older model worked for us, which means that, you know, we want to keep the older model. So it's going to be like, it's going to be some type, people is going to either accept it or not accept it. That's going to be the bottom picture. And I can see more people wanting to accept it while there's going to be some reservations from the people that usually are in the actual hunt for the, the college, the national college football championship. Yeah, I agree. And, 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 um, and Ace, I feel you. I mean, if this was a time to want to try to do it, they will, but as much as they're trying to limit the amount of games possible, I don't think this would have been a year that they would have want to try to reach for eight. They want to keep it as small as possible. Um, however, they'll probably get to an eight, but it's going to be a year where the SEC isn't in the top four, and then that's how they'll find a way of getting an eight. Let that happen one year where you don't have not one damn near SEC team in a college football championships, and I guarantee within a year or two, it'll be, it'll be eight teams because they won't stand for that, and nor will the networks. <laughs> Alabama don't make it. All, all bets is off. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, but I, I don't ever see a year for the SEC where they only have one to two teams. I'm, I'm and, and I make this argument for those other conferences where you can you can make the argument for the Big Ten that possibly have uh, two teams depending on the scenario, um, but it's the other conferences, the ACC. Well, not even so much the ACC because the ACC has Clemson, but. Uh, the Pac-12, the Big 12, you know, just in those scenarios where those are conferences that are somewhat not overlooked per se, but, you know, they have names that are... Nah, they overlook. I agree. Like, they're overlooked. I agree with you. You know, they got they have the high-powered names. The Oklahomans, the Texas, the USC's, the UCLA's, and the Oregon's. But, you know, they aren't given the liberties of slippage because you have teams like Oklahoma, I'm sorry, Alabama uh, who 
pretty much just reloads versus rebuilds. You know, a lot of teams in SEC have to rebuild, but Alabama just reloads. Clemson recently just reloads. Yeah, you know? no, I, I agree with you. But they're like on that, they're the tier one, um, as you could say, in the college football. They're considered like the tier ones. The Pac-12 and everybody else for some way, shape, or form is like in that tier two frame. So they're good enough to be in like the top 10 but not good enough to make it to the national college football um, championship. They'll be good to make it in the top in the top ten to make it more feasible and more you know respectable. But they won't make it in the top four to get them into the college playoffs, and that's been the biggest gripe that they had because there's so many play teams out there that can give those four teams top teams a run for their money and could probably beat them, but they don't want to see that. They don't want to even give that opportunity. And, and, and this year is, is out is an outlier because actually no one take that back. This year I think is a telltale sign because you're not playing teams outside your conference, so you gotta you gotta mix it up with your conference teams. There's no division two A teams to feast on to pad your schedule. No, everybody had to come out the gate playing. So I mean, it's odd that the the next closest SEC team in the rankings is Georgia at number thirteen, not even sniffing the top ten of the playoff ranking that is, but. Who knows? That's the only SEC? So Alabama's the only only SEC team in the top 10? Yep. You have three ACC teams in the top 10. Notre Dame, Ohio State, and and, um, Florida. I mean, Miami, Florida. And Florida. I'm sorry. Florida's SEC. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Miami. So it's it's Clemson, Miami, and who? Clemson, Miami, and Notre Dame. Okay. ACC. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Florida is is number. I'm, you're right. I was saying Florida ACC. They're the SEC, but they're number six. So there's two from the SEC, three from the ACC, uh, one Cincinnati. That's what six. Cincinnati, BYU, Oregon. They're right. seven, eight, nine. It's always this. The system is always built to have. You know, the Power Five and SEC probably to have two and whoever else can muster their way in. ACC, as long as as long as Dabo is at Clemson, Clemson will be that third squad. So it's Alabama, Clemson, and there'll just be two other teams that, that, that try to get in there, unfortunately. And, uh, and Dabo got a taste of what life is going to be uh, without Trevor Lawrence when he played Notre Dame, and I don't think he liked it very much, so... <laughs> They better get that quarterback situation straightened out over the offseason. Sunshine is gone. Sunshine seen that check because he got to have that elaborate wedding coming up. You know, he got he got his, his wifey that he got to sit there and hold down and make sure she's good. So he gone. And all that talent that's playing this year is probably gone too. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think Clemson's going to lose a beat come next year. I think uh, teams like Notre Dame and Miami and – well, 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 well. The, 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 I'll say the last about this. At least for Notre Dame, being in the ACC validates them a little bit more because there was always that outlier of why it's an independent, you know, overranking a Power Five conference, regardless of you know the name, because who they really play. But now, since they're in the ACC, if it, it quote unquote validates them being you know in the mix, but I don't see. 
I don't see the top four being a top four by the time it's all said and done. But I will say that if they're if they do remain the same, well, I, I, okay. I, okay. No, 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 but no, no. I was just gonna say like if if they remain the same at this stage, then what is gonna? I mean, well, no, I was just going. Oh. You keep breaking up, homie. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, we have some ESPN moments. <laughs> All right, you good? You good? At first, I couldn't hear you because you was breaking up. Oh, oh, who's breaking up? Me or you? You, you. Oh, are we good now? It sounds like it. Yep. As of right now, yeah. <laughs> now, well, let me just go ahead and say this. The reason why I said what I say is because NCAA is calling this season a wash, so nobody's losing a season of eligibility. So it's up to the individual players to sit there and say they want to go or they want to stay. Lawrence is going. I mean, you might not be happy who's going to probably pick number one, but he might not be number one if he decides to go back next year. And we saw what happened when um, Tua Tungvalova decided to stick around one more year and got cracked. So I'm pretty sure his handlers are saying, go now. <laughs> as well as he should. Um, but moving on to uh, some basketball, we know last last week there was the um, the NBA draft, and not surprising at the top. I mean, we didn't get those real big um, fireworks that we wanted to see, but it was the free agency that was all a buzz. Um, so we all know the Lakers, after losing some players, added Dennis Schroeder, Montel Harris, and Mark Gasol. Um, and we saw some other players um, signed up. Dennis Mitchell, he signed his rookie Superman contract. Tatum signed his contract. Bam Adobada signed, you know, is getting a, 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 a uh, is it a Supermax or just a max extension for Bam? I believe it's a max extension. Max extension for Bam, but that's going to keep him around. So that's in, definitely enticing to some folks. But quick question. Uh, we all know the Lakers won a championship. LeBron got his fourth ring. Um they didn't stay pat. Um, they lost some players, but they added some more. So do you think the Lakers have gotten stronger or not with all the moves they made? Stronger? I mean, they fortified their interior. Um, I'm not saying Shooter is a, uh, is a better shooter than... Uh, then old boy that they just traded to Philly, but um, he's younger. <laughs> I will give him that. Um, front court is much stronger. I, I, you know, they when you can have when you can lose a, Jamel, a JaVel McGee, but you pick up a Montrez Harrell. Um, I think you're doing things right, and you can still pick up a Gasol, and you lose a Dwight Howard, and Gasol to sit there and knock down some Jays and some threes that Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee just couldn't do. Yep, I, I think they just got better. Um, definite repeat, even though despite the fact that Anthony Davis has resigned, it's just not a matter of if he's going to resign, but versus when he's going to resign and the dollar amount. So at least through the West, it all goes through L.A. Um, not saying they're going to win it, but they strengthen, you know, they cert they certified themselves as the top dog in the West. 
Um, <laughs> all right. Um, I'm not, and you know me. I'm. Uh, I, I. I'm not a fan at all of the Lakers. It's that's just. It is what it is. Um, but I have to agree. Lakers did much more. To be honest, Lakers act like they actually lost the finals at this stage. And they ended up doing a lot better than what they were supposed to do. Free agency, they definitely showcased that a lot of players do want to come to L.A. Um, gives them a simple chance of, of winning. Uh, so um, the whole thing went to, first off, first things first. Um, I always thought that the Dennis Schroeder um, trade was great um, for them, um, even though because they lost Rondo to um, Atlanta. So I thought that that was, for them to pick up Dennis Schroeder was a good move. Um, the monster as Harold, that was just surprising. Um, being as though because you, you was able to get him from the Clippers. Um, and more so the fact is, is that not only were you able to get him from the Clippers, basically you basically lowered the Clippers in a way with Montrezl Harold going to the Lakers. So in a way, you took something from your quote-unquote rival and you bolstered your roster with that, with, with him. So I think that was a good move. I thought Casal coming there. Overall, the Lakers made out as like bandits in free agency, bottom line. They did what they would need to do. And it's weird because as a championship team, they sort of got rid of a, a key players and actually upgraded their roster. So um, the Lakers definitely came out victors in, in, in this free agency, you know, out of, out of all of them on the Western, or at least from the Western Conference. And was the Montrezl Harold, that was a straight-up sign. That wasn't a, a trade or anything, right? Straight-up sign. Straight-up sign. And what's crazy about it was because he said the reason why he left was because the Clippers really didn't um, focus on him in regards to free agency. <laughs> Well, you want to know why? Because him, Pat Beverly, and Lou Williams were very disgruntled um, players. All once, uh, all once Paul George, um, all, Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard came to town, and they were low managing, and these guys didn't low manage when they were there. So it was bad chemistry from the start. Um, of course, they're not going to focus on you because A, you're disgruntled, and B, they have to justify all of the draft capital they spent with um, Paul George to make Kawhi Leonard happy. And they want to keep that team and those guys happy so they can actually compete for a championship. So I can see why Montrose Harrell said, well, I'm out because not only am I out, I'm not going to go with another team. I'm going to go with your rivals <laughs> on the other side of the building. So that, to me, that was a middle finger to the whole Clipper organization because he could have went anywhere. His services would have definitely would have been um, sought after, but he goes right to the Los Angeles Lakers, the rival team on the other side that the Clippers thought were gonna, they were going to quote-unquote beat. But um, as far as everything else, I'm with you. The Dennis Shooter, I thought I was surprised. That's a pretty good um, pickup after they were lost um, um, Rondo in their um, starting point guard. But um, – Marcus saw that's a 25 mil. Offensively, I think he's way better offensively than um, McGee and or Dwight Howard. Defensively, that's where I'm not sure about. 
Um, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard bring some nastiness to that interior. Marcus All doesn't. Uh, Montro Harris does. Anthony Davis really doesn't. I mean, he can, he's more offensive, you know, offensive center or power forward, but he's not really that dude that really want to want to mix it up down low. He's never been. Um, so the only real enforcer you got on there is outside of uh, Montrose Harrell is maybe Markeith Morris. So offensively, I think they're better, but defensive, potentially, defensively, you lost some people that play defense with Rondo, with Howard and McGee to a certain degree. So I'm sure it's all going to balance out one way or the other, but they've gotten better from an offensive standpoint, but I don't think they've gotten better from a defensive standpoint. Well, 95% of the league don't play defense anyway, so. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but they do got Frank Vogel as the coach who is a defensive-minded coach. So if anyone that could get them on a defensive mindset, um, he can definitely do it. And to think that that was LA's like 17th option at the coach. <laughs> yeah, it was just basically making the pieces fit for him. Um, but I think he kind of learned what he can do. I mean, like when he did, when Vogel did what he did with um, the Pacers and Paul George and all that, I think that was the, like, what he could do with defensively with when they had Paul George, um, Roy Hibbert, David West, um, and that group when they was going against Miami, I think that solidified what he could do defensively. And to be honest, he did make that Lakers team, the championship Lakers, a defensive-minded team um, with the te with the players that he had. So I'm pretty sure he can do some work with this as well. Yeah, and you know the most important thing too, uh, if LeBron wants to coach, let him. <laughs> That's true too. That's true too. But I will say this. I will say this. Um, like the Clippers took a step back in my in my in my opinion. Um, I thought they was gonna be there, but they took a step back. And not only did they take a step back, now they took a huge step back. Um, Doc Rivers, people leaving left and right um, in that team is just. They're going to start from scratch. I don't even have them as one of the top two teams um, preview coming in um, with the Lakers. I, I have them maybe a top five or six, um, but I don't see them like up there challenging the Lakers at this point. Not at all. No, I thought the um, I thought Doc Rivers being given the boot was a uh, a knee-jerk reaction to bringing in players that the chemistry didn't fit and the COVID really threw things in a, in a tizzy because mm -hmm. you had to stop and start. Then you had some people on the team that really didn't want to come back, irregardless of whether or not they had issues with Kawhi and Paul George low managing. But I think he got, I think he got cut too soon without really being able to get another chance to run it back. I do think he's going to get Philadelphia Sixers humming. Um, um, they're going to run, I guess, as of right now with, um, with Ben Simmons and and um and Bede for right now to see how they you know to go how they're gonna go with it. I think that the White Howard signing is actually pretty interesting for them. Gives them a defensive player and some presence in on the backcourt. He is not gonna he's not gonna block Embiid at all because he's just not that player anymore. But 
On a side note, I feel bad for Clay Thompson from the Golden State Warriors. What the hell? So on your one knee, your ACL, and then your other leg, you blow out your Achilles. So I didn't think the Golden State Warriors this year was going to be a threat to the Lakers, especially if Clay Thompson was healthy and the Lakers roster was that is. I don't think it would have been that serious of a threat because we don't know how they're going to be. But right now, I'm just hoping that Clay Thompson even can get back to being at least 70% of what he was. Because right now, the Golden State Warriors are at eighth seed at best. I don't know. And that's and and that's and I'm not even sure about that. <laughs> no, I don't know. I to be honest, they're going to be higher than that. Really? Okay. I I, I I'm going to tell you this. I, first things first. Let me go back to this. Philadelphia is going to be the team to challenge in the Eastern Conference. They're going to be that team to challenge. Um, with all everything being said, I think Philadelphia did enough to get them at least into the Eastern Conference Championship. Without question, versus, I don't know who they're gonna face, but versus Brooklyn, I, I'm I'm not I'm not sold on that completely just yet. Um, I I really gotta see the chemistry before I can say that. I really gotta see the chemistry between not first thing first. I need to see the chemistry of Kyrie and KD with the rest of the Brooklyn Nets players. That's what I need to see first. I haven't seen no camaraderie. I haven't seen the fact that everybody's on the same page. So truth be told, I haven't seen anything as of yet. It's good on paper, but it doesn't do anything if the chemistry is not there. Kyrie and KD got a match with Karis LeVert. They got to be on the same page with DeAndre. Well, they're always on the same page with DeAndre Jordan, but they got to be on the same page with Karis LeVert. Got to be on the same page with Spencer Dinwiddie. Got to be on the same page with Jared Allen. They got to be on the same page with all that. If the chemistry is not there, Kyrie starts talking about his team or whatever the case may be, the chemistry is not there. They're not going nowhere. They're going to be in, in a third. They'll make it to the second round, and that's it. Um, I need to see more from the chemistry perspective from Brooklyn side of things. I think that Philadelphia, what they did, and with Doc Rivers, he's that Zen master where he can get these people together. I think that they're going to be the team to watch. Um, I really believe that they're going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know who they're playing, but I really believe that the Philadelphia 76ers did enough to get to at least to the Eastern Conference Finals. But I get back to what I was saying. Um, at the end of the day, I believe that Philadelphia did what they needed to do. It was Golden State. They made some moves that I'm very, very intrigued about. The Kelly Oubre trade to me was a great move. Um, because they solidify another shooter in the back with Steph Curry. And if you add Kelly Oubre into this, he's not like Klay Thompson, don't get me wrong, but he has the intangibles. Um, and he does have the shooting capability to make it the offense that Golden State can run with. Uh, so you got between him, um, Oubre, Wiggins, Draymond, Reisman at the center, they have a formidable squad that should be able to carry them at least further than making the playoffs at an eighth seed. I see them at least six and up. 
depends on what Steve Kerr can do. I'm not knocking Clay. Clay, part of that Splash Brother backcourt, you know, top backcourt probably ever in the NBA. Nothing but love and respect for Clay. I just wish Boogie would get the same type of response that a Clay would get, considering all the injury woes that he, you know, he's been through the past couple of years, and nobody throwing the respect on his name. Well, he'll get that in, in Houston. We'll see. But the past couple of years, you know, unfortunately, LA dropped his ass before he could even give him an opportunity to sit there and say, "Let's see what we could do." True. Before they went ahead and you know brought in. Uh, the Mars, the Mars twin. I think Boogie probably would have went in there and did the same thing the Mars twin did. He probably can't extend the, expe- you know, extend the uh, the jumper out there towards the three. But you can't tell me that the Mars twin is as good as Boogie. I'll take Boogie and three injuries over a Mars twin any day. <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> you no. know, so. I just hope Boogie goes out there and shows his ass this season because I think he is due, and I think he is hungry. I'm sorry, um, he's not. He's not with uh, Philly. I'm sorry. I forget where he signed. Houston. Yes. Houston. He's going to show his ass in Houston. I guarantee it. But it's all for not. It, it all depends on what Houston is doing. Like I don't even know what Houston is doing at this stage. Um, they they signed Boogie. They signed Kristen Wood as a as a four. So. I mean, wasn't until Lee's like what is Harden Westbrook? That to be honest, if they get on the same page, that would be a formidable squad as well. But the question is, if they get on the same page, there's so many unknowns here. Who's the coach? Silas. Yes. Rookie, well, uh, f- first year head coach. Yes, 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 yes. Well, he's definitely not going to run the same type of offense as uh, as that uh, that idiot. Uh, Hey, 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 leave Dan Tony alone. <laughs> Man, look, I don't, you know what? Dan Tony can sit there and run the office out the game, which is great. But he ain't, he ain't told me nothing. He can win the most games of the season, all he wants left and right, but he ain't win shit in the playoffs. Hey, leave Dan Tony alone him, now. Which makes him a bum ass coach. Leave Dan Tony alone now. You, you, you. But yeah, you just be happy that he's not your head coach because if he's your head coach, you'd be pissed off too. No, I, no. Well, I, 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 not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But I will say, defense. No, but that's why he's the assistant. He's the offensive. He's our offensive coach at this stage because he will make sure he'll run the right plays. I just hope. That the rest of your coaching staff, pre, you know, preaches defense because if they don't, they ain't gonna be no different than any other damn Dan Tony Rand squad. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, to be, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't even expect them to even be a defensive minded team. I, 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 you know who the, it's gonna be all over again. It's gonna be the Phoenix Suns ran with Steve Nash being the head coach and Amari Stoudemire doing the pick and roll. That's the type of offense it's going to be going for. <laughs> Trust and believe. That is why Steve Nash is the head coach, why D'Antoni is the assistant coach, why Amari Stoudemire is the player development coach for the big man. This will happen. We will see pick and rolls all day with the Brooklyn Nets with shooters all around. It's the same offense that you will see in the Phoenix Suns when they made it to the Western Conference Finals with Steve Nash as the two-time MVP. 
This is what's going to happen. Mark my words. That's it's going to be done. That's the same spot you're going to be. Hey. And then that and that, <laughs> and that fully healthy Miami squad is gonna sit there and knock y'all asses out. And again, I that's again, which is why I said that Philadelphia will make the Eastern Conference Finals. I do not know who will make it against them, but I can rest assured I'm pretty confident that Philadelphia will make it at least to the Eastern Conference Finals with the squad that they have and Doc Rivers coaching. So you so you say Miami is a fluke? I'm not saying Miami's a fluke. I'm not saying that at all. Um, to be honest, I'm not saying that Miami may not. I, I said the Philadelphia 76ers is one of the teams. So you that's all I'm lock. saying. So you're saying that's a lock. I see them in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's what I'm Ooh. saying. I see them. So November 25th, 2020, Philadelphia is one team in the, in the Eastern Conference. Okay, I see. I, see. I can see them in the Eastern Conference Finals. To be honest, I, I, everybody else to me is an unknown. Milwaukee is going to, I mean, they were supposed to be a lock, and then look what happened. Miami is good. They could be better. They, they, To be honest, they're doing the necessary steps to keep everybody the key players there, so they're going to only improve. You got Brooklyn. You got Boston. Boston takes a step back because Gordon Haywood now is with Charlotte. So there's a step back there. So it's not like these teams, these, these top teams in the Eastern Conference – is a solidified lock. I believe Philadelphia it can make mad strides with what they have. They got Danny Green, Seth Curry as shooters. Like, all they needed was shooters around them and to build the bench. I think that they're doing that right now. And they have plenty of time. I mean, there may be some changes made down the road. Who knows? But at the end of the day, as of right now, I think that Philadelphia can make it to the Eastern Conference Finals at least. If they don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals with the team that they have now, that's a problem. Doc Rivers can get them to the Eastern Conference Finals with the squad they have. Uh, yes, if everyone is ready and comes to play and he can get Joel Embiid, you know, to actually get in shape <laughs> and play, then I am right there with you. Uh, I believe Doc, and I think Doc will. Or at the, if not, some people ain't going to be playing there. He's going to ship some folks out. Without question. And and this year is, I think, the year where he's, he's going to have to decide if they can run with them or not run with them. Exactly. And they'll and he'll find <laughs> he'll take he'll get a year to figure it out. Like it'll take a year to figure it out, but he will figure it out. He will I know, figure it out. I know Aces sold on Miami being no, right no, back. It's, it's not even Miami. I'm taking his track record when he was with the Clippers. What he had with the talent with the Clippers and still couldn't get it done. And he had better talent when he was at the Clippers. Here's the problem with that. The problem is the chemistry factor. If you go there and you specifically tell the like, if you tell the team like Paul George whoa, whoa, and Kawhi Leonard, wait, 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 go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, hold that thought, because I'm not even talking about the Kawhi Leonard PG team. I'm talking about the teams before that. <laughs> I'm talking about the CP3 teams. Chemistry issues. Oh. Blake and DeAndre wasn't the best with 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 CP3. Like CB3 needed, it, it it didn't work out. They didn't have. I mean, to be honest, they, they and, then, and you have to understand the Western Conference was tough, man. The Western Conference was tough. The Clippers had a great squad with Paul George, JJ Redick, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, and whoever you threw at the three. And the reason why it didn't work out because they were still playing teams like 
Golden State Warriors, the still playing teams that were in their dynasty. You got San Antonio, you that was still playing, you know, had Lamar Ar- I mean Lamarcus Aldridge and all that. You had so many different teams out there. You still had Houston, you had Denver, you had actual competition in the Western Conference. Clippers couldn't get over that hump. They couldn't even get over that hump with the Golden State Warriors. They couldn't get over the hump, period. And they was playing them in the first, second, third round. Like, the first, second round. So, like, you got to understand, like, they didn't have that opportunity to actually get over that hump. Doc Rivers has an opportunity in Philadelphia to get over the hump more than more ways than one. This is an easier competition for Doc Rivers. There should be no reason why. And here's the deal. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, they're all on the same page. There's nobody arguing against each other. There's nobody saying that, you know, it, I couldn't get along with Ben Simmons. I couldn't get along with Joel Embiid. Everybody's on the same page as of right now. So the chemistry is going to be there. It just needs to stay there and make it all the way to the playoffs. If they do that with the chemistry stay tight, they have the talent enough to make it to the Eastern Conference Final. They should. Like, I don't – unless – I mean, they'll have some competition. Don't get me wrong. Like, if Philadelphia faces Miami or if Philadelphia faces um, Milwaukee or Boston in the first round, it's going to be a tough – it's going to be a tough series. But the point is, is that they have the talent to get over that. They have that talent to get over that. There is not one solidified number one team in the Eastern Conference that you will say, oh, if they play them, it's a wrap. They won't make it. It's wide open in the Eastern Conference. We wasn't saying that when they was playing Golden State. When Golden State was winning those dynasties, we already knew whoever played Golden State was going to have a hard time winning. I call bullshit then, too, because Oklahoma City disfolded. But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's, it's, it's enough to say that at least Doc Rivers' path to prosperity as far as getting to the Eastern Conference Finals is a little bit easier at this point in the East that has ever been really in the West. True. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, Clippers, as they are right now, uh, they might not even get to the Western Conference Finals, you know, new right. coach or not. True, true. <laughs> so but we'll see. We'll see. Um, before we wrap it up, we know uh, Thanksgiving is always time for football. Um, there's always the Dallas Cowboys. There's always the god-awful um, Detroit Lions. Um <laughs> But unfortunately, the game I was looking forward to seeing, the Steelers and the Ravens, have been pushed to Sunday because of some outbreaks. I'm not sure why it's not pushed completely, but um, it's been pushed to Sunday because of um, more COVID outbreaks. So, guys, is there anything you guys are going to look forward to <laughs> this Sunday as far as football is concerned? Uh, well, uh Steelers Ravens is gone. West Virginia, Oklahoma is gone. Uh, I guess I just look forward to college basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers, 10 and 0. Shout out to Steeler Nation. Shout out to all the fans. Shout out to our biggest fan that she listens in. And, you know, shout out. So, all good. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't see anything worthy not not worthy i take that back um i don't see anything that's intriguing to me at this stage I'm just gonna enjoy it like a regular casual fan pretty much pretty much so so 
the Steelers Ravens game is supposed to be the night game. So are they still keeping the other teams, other games at the same times, or they're pushing one of the other games to the late, to the night game just because it's they gotta have some sort of night game to fulfill, whatever. No, I think as of right now, I haven't heard of the time changes for any of the other games. I think um, um, as of right now, Cowboys and Washington is going to get the 4 p.m. start and, and Detroit. I'm not sure. Who is Detroit playing? Because they're always Who playing. Who cares? <laughs> they're going to get the first game. No, so, they playing, they're playing the um, Lions. Detroit playing themselves even better. <laughs> I mean, the Texans. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. They're I'm playing sorry, the they Texas. Played, they were playing with themselves. I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you got me on that. You got me on that. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll watch the, the, the Cowboys and the Redskins games just because um, I don't like Cowboys. So if they lose, I'll be you know hopeful for that. But, I mean, we're in the NFC East, so we all stink. <laughs> very, very bad. Garbage. Garbage. Yeah, it's Pepe Le Pew stink. Hey, we say that, but yet, like we said before, they everybody's the NFC East is still in the in the standings in competition now. Every game matters. <laughs> he got that right. <laughs> Every game matters. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Think somebody ESPN said the best. It's like this the this concede a spot. Just give to somebody else in the NFC. <laughs> I, I said like that before. We used, I said that. I said they should just change it. If any, if if there's any sport right now that should be able to change it to a 18 format in the NFC and the AFC, this will be kind of it at this moment. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And like I said, so, so hey, I was like, eh, it's, let's not overreact. You know, every couple of seasons, there's always one league, you know, that's just trash. You know, right now, NFC East is this is their turn. I mean, if someone's turning to get bent over, and that that is it's their turn now. So it's a shame that they're all three win teams at this stage. All of them. All of them. Three wins. It's it's a shame that the Philadelphia Eagles are still in, in the first place, being three six and one, a goddamn tie, and they stink. And Carson Wentz stinks. But it, what kills it, and that's what kills it, because right now, if they didn't tie that game, it'll be a four way tie, a four way tie with a three and seven record. And the Dallas Cowboys play, and if they win, they'll be uh, four and seven, so they they will be in the number one spot. Like I said, this is a round robin. Eagles was there. Giants is right next to them. Now Washington and Dallas is coming up. It's a matter of time. It wouldn't shock me the least that it's, it'll come down between Washington and Dallas only because they're the two teams with the most competent quarterback play. Believe it. You know, Andy Dalton is no slouch. I mean, he's at least leads to the playoffs. So we know what Alex Smith is capable of. Unfortunately, Daniel Jones is still too young and too raw to sit there and put any type of pressure on him. And God knows what the hell is going on with their quarterback play. That nigga just re- – every game he just regresses further and further to the point where they're talking about putting in uh, putting in the backup, which is good because I think he might infuse a, t- a type of resurgence within that squad to make them play halfway decent. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sorry, I can't remember names because the brother's sleepy, but it's it's all one in there. Carson Wentz and and my man Jalen Hurts. 
go ahead and let the brother get some run. I guarantee that they'll sit there and put a package in and that boy will put in some serious work and they'll make to sit there and wish that they never signed that joker to a $130 million contract. There's, there's, there's Philly fans are saying that now. Yes, there's, <laughs> there's, there's that talk. <laughs> there is that talk. Um, so we'll see. Um, last note, um, Cincinnati Bengals lost their first mm. draft pick. Their starting QB, Joe Burrows, to a vicious leg injury, tearing his ACL and MCL. And I saw the hit. Yeah. I didn't see the game, but I saw the hit. And they saw it in slow motion. It didn't look good. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a dirty play. The offensive lineman pushed the, deep, the, the defensive lineman down on the ground, and he fell on – Joe Burrow's lower leg at the same time the DB on the other side hit Joe Burrow's at the top. So it was a sandwich play, but it wasn't a it wasn't a dirty sandwich play. He just got caught, you know, badly. Um a lot of people are saying that the um that the Cincinnati Bengals that that they did this to him. And I've I've been saying you knew the offensive line stunk last year with Andy Dalton. You should have kept Andy Dalton around just to just to kind of, you know, get Joe Burrow acclimated because that offense of line was terrible. At least Andy Dalton can move a little bit and get around. But Cincinnati Bengals, they're bad. Um, so I don't think anyone did anything wrong. They just are a bad team with a bad offensive line. This shit was tend was bound to happen. So what do you guys think about that? What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, ACL, MCL, PCL, other ligaments, other ligaments. He's he's done for the foreseeable future. Um, they might as well just hold him out all next season and bring him back in twenty twenty two. Personally, um, and you're right, offensive line is horrible. Uh, they should have had a, a better backup contingency plan in case something like this would happen. But they should never push Joe Burrow in that scenario, knowing that the offensive line was just that bad. But, you know, what happens when you play with fire? You eventually get burned. So, unfortunately, you sit there and you sink your money into a hell of a player, and I give Joe, Joe Burrow credit. He was probably on his way to rookie of the year between him and uh, QB from uh, San Diego. But, unfortunately, he got the bad. Oh, her oh ja Justin Herbert. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Justin Herbert is balling. Um, just unfortunate that you know, situation happened, and I, you know, I pray for uh, a healthy and speedy recovery. But Cincinnati, don't sit there and try to push this man to get him back sometime next year. Let him rest. Go ahead and get yourself a QB to come in for a stopgap year. Let that man recover, get fully healthy, get a full set of OTAs in. Twenty twenty two is your target date. <laughs> your target date, I should say. Yeah. But the question is now, the question is, of course, now is whether or not they're going to do it. And they should take heed. I mean, because you're investing in some things. Like, to, it, before we get to that, I agree with you about the offensive line. The offensive line at this point, you should have known better. And you need to deal with that before you even think about bringing them back in the fold. That needs to be solidified. If that is not solidified, there's no reason for him to even come back until you solidify that old line. Bottom line, like if I'm him, I'm like, look, y'all need to solidify that old line before I even think about coming back. Bottom line, 
Yeah, because then, you know, you're going to have a situation where you might have a Carson Palmer on the hand where, you know, he got injured, they rushed him back, and he was never the player that he was after that he was before. So, like I said, they need to take very – be very careful with Joe Burrows because that's a very nasty injury. And, um, mm-hmm. and if you rush him back too soon – your your first round draft pick is gonna is gonna be tore up even more. So, Great. so well, everybody, we're coming up about that time. Um, it is ten twenty six. So we want to thank everybody who is out there listening and subscribing and watching the YouTube channels. So before we go, uh, fellas, let them know where they can find you. At. Now they can find me on. Uh... Don't do it to yourself. What Twitter? <laughs> no, no, you're gonna you're gonna say second and main, but I was gonna say don't. Do no, that. no, they they gave me that shit, so I ain't going back. <laughs> okay, I just want to uh, make sure. You can find me on Twitter, Cat Daddy One Nine Six Three, Caddy One, Cat Daddy One Nine Six Three. Shout out again to our fan, our most loyal fan, who's listening live right now, Dan, out in uh, Morgantown, West Virginia. We love you. Thank you. Spread the word. We need more listeners. We need more eyes. Uh, but we're gonna have to talk about that Phillies, that 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 Pittsburgh Steelers fan. That we're gonna have to talk more about that, um, or more. All right, but I digress. I'm, I was about to say something, but I'm not gonna go that far. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Twitter, Instagram. Instagram. I am Al Qualls. And again, shout out to everybody that's been listening in. Hope y'all have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, you can find me on uh, the gram and um, Twitter, um, J.E. Ross, number seven. And just as Al said, be be safe out there. Um, be with your loved ones. Um, if you have to go out, wear a mask and enjoy your turkey and enjoy some football, no matter how bad it's going to look. <laughs> Until next time. We out. God bless. Have a good one. Gobble, gobble. <laughs>